It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, a.k.a. 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster podcast. As always, it is me, your host, Matt Collins, and we are back for another week to talk about the Red Sox with Brian Joyner. Brian, uh, it is not Cinco de Mayo when we're talking, but it will be Cinco de Mayo when people are listening, so happy Cinco de Mayo. I hope you get some uh, margaritas in you today at some point. Yeah, an excuse to drink is just what I need. Um, (laughs) We all need that excuse for sure. Um, I will say that it will be a happy Cinco de Mayo if the Red Sox won uh, yesterday, which is today when we're talking. Uh, yes. So um, the, they will decide that. Yeah. <laughs> we should mention we are recording this uh, in the afternoon on Tuesday. It is 1230 on Tuesday. So um, whatever happens between now and when this gets published, it's not up to us. We did not know what was going to happen. Um, and that includes something we're not going to talk about today, but it deserves a brief mention at the top. It is minor league opening day today. Uh, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All four full season affiliates play their first game today, including the Sea Dogs, right down the street from where I am sitting right now. Uh, but I am not going yet. I will wait till I'm fully vaccinated to do that. Uh, Worcester Red Sox play their first game ever uh, in Trenton today. Um, so yeah, by the time you are listening to this, the first edition of Minor line, minor Lines that we've had on the site since 2019 will be there, so I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, but we have a whole podcast dedicated to prospects, so we are going to stick to the majors today. And while the Red Sox have been playing somewhat poorly recently, especially this past weekend against the Rangers, uh, brutal series there, we're going to start off on a positive note. Uh, with an award that I was not aware even existed, uh, but now I am very much aware because Matt Barnes won it. Matt Barnes was awarded the AL Reliever of the Month. Um, seems kind of silly to me that they give out league-specific relievers of the month when they pitch like 10 innings a month, but Matt Barnes won, um, so that is cool. Uh, just a little reminder on what Matt Barnes has done this season. He has been electric, um, although didn't quite get the job done his last time out, giving up the game-winning hit. Uh, but he has pitched 14 and a third innings, given up four runs, six hits, three walks, and 25 strikeouts. 25 strikeouts against 52 total batters faced. Um, so reliever of the month. What is your confidence level that he will stay good, not best reliever in baseball good but maybe all-star caliber good for the rest of the season i mean reliever performance obviously can be a little up in the air in small samples and we're talking about a small sample here so have you are you with me on the matt barnes train totally or are you still a little weird? are you even on the train you um, sound like you jumped off the train when did i jump you're off like, the train oh, you you're uh yeah i don't know it's a month I didn't know they gave up the well, I mean, I, that's, that's hard to get excited. Are you kidding me? This is, this is, you're supposed to be going crazy, dunking on fools. You're supposed to be happy. Um, I, this is a muted reaction for what should be a very big moment in your life, frankly. I don't know that Matt Barnes winning the AL reliever of the month, uh, for the month of April, uh, is if it's it probably is a big moment in my life but i think that says a lot more about my life than anything else we got going on here um and look i mean obviously i think that barnes is great i think everything he's done this year is great i just legitimately had no idea this was an award i think it's cool that he won but i did not know that they gave out relievers of the month award were you aware of this award i i mean i've heard of it but i do think that you did hit on something obliquely is that I don't think I would ever note anyone who won it except for April when it's the, the entire sample size where it's much easier to contextualize it when it's been all the games. Um, whereas like you suppose Garrett Whitlock wins it in May, please do by the way. Uh, it'd be like, Oh yeah, he, he put it together a lot. It's a, a really good uh, stretch of games. Um, and okay, so my confidence level, I mean, I'm pretty confident that Barnes is going to be uh, good enough uh, basically to not get traded because the Red Sox are also good enough. So I think he, unless he, the problem now is that if he were to spectacularly implode enough that the Red Sox were out of playoff competition, then no one would want him. So um, he's stuck here, uh, I think, and I think he will do. Uh, pretty well. I don't know if he'll do this well the whole season, but uh, it's a reliever. You just, I just not looking a gift horse, gift horse in the mouth. Now he's good. 
and he's good enough uh, to give reason to think that he will continue. So I'm, I'm, I am on the train. I am in your suite on the train looking for you, but I, I think I will find you in here. But I uh, thought I locked that door. To... Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. maybe, maybe I'm drawing the wrong conclusion from not finding you. Are you hiding from me? Like, no, no, I, don't no. Want this. I am very much on the Matt Barnes train still. Um, I think, yeah, he's not going to be this good just because I'm always going to bet against somebody being uh, as good as he's been. It would be one of the best relievers. I mean, this would be, if he did this for a whole season, this would be on the same tier as like the Koji season and Papelbon's best seasons. I mean, he has been that good. I don't expect him to be in that stratosphere by the end of the year. Um, that just wouldn't be a fair comparison. I certainly think he's going to start walking some more guys. I mean, he's got a 6% walk rate, and this is a guy who generally has hovered around 12 to 14% um, over the last few years. So I think there's going to be some regression there, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be as going back to those last few years, um, the rates he had then. I mean, he just he seems like he is taking a different approach this year. Um, it's been mentioned on the broadcast a bunch. People have written about it, so I'm not breaking any news here, but he's definitely working much more quickly. I mean, that was one of the more frustrating parts about the Matt Barnes experience in the past was that if he got into a little bit of trouble, he would hold the ball for 45 seconds seconds between every pitch, and he would sweat out a gallon of sweat uh, between every pitch. So now he's attacking more quickly, and he's attacking more aggressively. He's I mean, his stuff is nasty, so he's finally throwing it for strikes and just trusting that he can get guys with that fastball, um, not necessarily having to paint the edges. So I think he can, if he can settle in at like even an eight or not, like a nine percent walk rate with the way he's throwing right now, I mean, this will probably be the best. That would probably be the best season we've seen from Matt Barnes. I mean, he was he was fairly good in 2018 too. So, I mean, even if he can match that 2018 season, I guess it's sort of my expectation, which I mean, that puts him not the best reliever in the American league. Like he was for the month of April, but all-star caliber top 20, 25 ish reliever in baseball. Um, I think that, I mean, that's generally what I've always considered him, I guess. So um, it's a little bit of a step back from where you spend, but it's better than people have given him credit for. My Sox comp um, is Tom Gordon, 98, uh, where he's very good, maybe pitching a little bit above his head. Now, Gordon didn't blow an entire, a save the entire season until the playoffs. We don't need to relive that part of the particular experience. But the rest of it, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing very, he's very good. He's not great. Maybe he's outperforming his very good stats. But all I care, very good is, very good is very good to me. Let's put it. His peripherals way. are actually much better than his ERA right now, which is typically not the case with a guy who's pitching like that. It's usually the other way around. But um, I like the Tom Gordon comp just because now I'm waiting for uh, Stephen King sequel, the girl just who loves yell Matt Barnes. Just, just, you know, yell just yell out your window. Just yell. <laughs> He's right there. He's all, I mean, you can hear everybody in Maine, so that's that's a good point. Um, now, Tom Gordon was – I remember Tom Gordon, but I was young at that point. So that, you know, I have a um, – I, I don't know if I still have it. I used to have, like, a big pop-up version of that book. Uh, pop-up version? Yeah, it was, and it was like huge, and a lot. And it's all it like officially licensed by Major League Baseball too. It's got Tom Garden and his Red Sox stuff. It it the it Stephen was Stephen King book. Yes. What in the world? Yes, um, but I no longer have it, and uh, uh, we're on to D Gordon now. So now he's D, but now he's D Gordon Strange. D so. Gordon Strange, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Matt Barnes still instead of Tom Gordon. Um, so the thing about Barnes is that he is a free agent at the end of the season. So he is, uh, if he does indeed put together the best season of his career, uh, he would be doing it at the right time, hitting the free agent market. Um, in terms of finances, not the best time for the Red Sox, but obviously finances don't matter as much as performance on the field. Uh, but there have been talks in February and March about the two sides having 
discussed a an extension at that point never really seemed to get too close uh but with the way he's pitching right now do you even do you go back to extension talk do you let it play out and maybe see if the price drops um just and where are you i mean extension for matt barnes and relievers in general and that's sort of a tricky topic well i mean from a pure negotiating stance now would be the wrong time for the team to approach him um simply because maybe i mean yes yes there's there's a possibility that um if they're amenable if he's amenable to finding a number now would be a good time to do it because the feelings i imagine are are good uh but on a just a related topic John Henry saw that those riots on the Manchester U field, Man U field are like, oh, God, I'm glad I taped that video. Because, look, it was damage control, and he at least did. I will give him no credit for anything other than protecting his investment. But uh, fans in the U.S. take things for granted that fans in other countries do not. Um, and that was a good... Uh, display of that. Anyhow, back to Matt Barnes. Uh, I would guess that they do try to extend him, but I would guess that they do it high and bloom style uh, when it comes to the numbers because they do everything high and bloom style when it comes to the numbers. Uh, so I don't think it's a fait accompli that he comes back or extends, but I do think it's possible and this can, I think this can only help it. His good performance can only help him. Uh, it obviously can only help him just on a value-neutral basis to be good in his contract year. But I think the Red Sox, if they saw him as a reliever who is not capable of even scratching the top of the level that he is sort of scratching the top of right now, or has been, you know, he has the vaunted reliever of the month award for April. Uh, it increases the chance that everybody sees him coming back to the Red Sox as a, as a good option. Yeah. I mean, I think they clearly saw maybe not this specifically, but something in this realm as a possibility because they did talk about an extension. I mean, it's not like this is a guy that they just desperately don't want on their team anymore. Um, there's clearly some interest. I think it's definitely an interesting situation. Obviously, like you said, the first instinct is sort of this is the wrong time to negotiate because he has a little more negotiating power here. But if you think he's going to be somewhere in this area code for the rest of the season, the price is only going to go up. So it sort of depends on how confident they are in terms of timing on when you want to get an extension done. Um, there's also just the idea that I think Dave Dombrowski sort of embodied more than anybody else um, mostly in a good way I think is that if you want something done go get it done as early as possible um, and so if you are thinking I would like to keep Matt Barnes around and I think this is indicative of who he can be and you can get him on like a two year I mean it's obvious we're not talking like a seven year extension here we're talking he's a 30 year old reliever but you can get him for a couple of years at a decent price like I mean, he's making four and a half per. He's making four and a half million this year. You give him a two-year deal for like nine per or something like that. I think that's um, at least a good starting point. So, I definitely would be talking about it. I would have a max price in mind, which I'm sure they do. Um, I don't necessarily think anything's going to happen soon, but I do think um, I do think there will be real talks. And so, I, I'm going to skip ahead one question now. Um, and just ask you, yes or no, is Barnes going to be on the Red Sox next year? Whether it's by extension or they bring it back um, as a free agent. doesn't have to be yes. an extension. Yes. Yes. I think so, too. Um, I didn't before, but they don't really have, unless, like, Dervin Feltman or whatever, like, really shows out and they have a guy that they can trust. They don't really have that right now, especially if they think Garrett Whitlock's going to be a starter going forward. So, yeah, I think, I think they kind of need... Barnes to stabilize those late innings, which um, it's kind of wild because I don't think a lot of people would have agreed with that six weeks ago, but seems to be the case now. Um, 
the rest of the bullpen outside of Barnes has been a little shaky. Um, definitely not as consistent as he would like. And specifically Adam Ottavino, who a month or two ago looked like he was neck and neck for the closer job. Um, he has been extremely hot and cold. We've kind of gotten the full Adam Ottavino experience. Um, really hard to square up. He hasn't given up a home run this year, but he's also walked uh, nine batters in 10 innings. He's got a 5-4-0 ERA. He kind of imploded in that series finale in Texas, which led to that brutal loss. Um, he just hasn't been sort of the steady guy you want in the eighth inning. Do you keep rolling with him just like solidly as that guy um, telling, saying that it's only been a month or do you look at the hot hand and look at guys like Darwin's and Hernandez and Garrett Whitlock guys that have been throwing extremely well and put them into that more high lever spot and um, not take Ottavino out completely maybe, but cycle some other guys in sometimes. I mean, I think we're right at the point where his veterans sort of clout is going to play into it for the next few appearances. Uh, or at least that's the way it reads to me because uh, they're going to give, I feel like they give him a couple chances to, to go out there and be better. But I mean, if Garrett Woodlock's going to be a starter, that's one thing. But Darwinson has, I mean, he's just such a natural setup guy for this team uh, that, if I were uh, Ottavino, I would be worried about Darwinson jumping me because I just feel like it's inevitable as long as he can find the plate uh, with any with any regularity. But he's just made to. I mean, he's sort of made to be a closer. But for this team, he he seems very potentially. Uh, like a, a very good option for the Red Sox. Im, Imho, Imho. I mean, I think that's I think that's right, and I think he sort of reminds me a lot of just like a left-handed Adam Ottavino, um, maybe from a few years ago. It just incredible yeah, like stuff. Eleven years younger. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely prime, like prime Ottavino. But I mean, he's got that nasty slider. He's got incredible swing and miss stuff. Um, and he also has these bouts where you just can't find the plate. So I think it's kind of hard because I think you're right that they kind of have to give Ottavino that veteran clout. And he hasn't been so bad that it's like you cannot put him anywhere near a close game. Um, he's sort of been like just inconsistent, which is almost more annoying because it's harder to figure out what to do. But I think with Hernandez, I mean, he's such a hot and cold guy himself, and right now he is so dominant. He's throwing strikes, which just never happens. I kind of think you have to ride that hot hand for as long as you go. So I think I would – I guess – I mean, you don't really need only one setup guy. You can have two, especially the Red Sox rotation. They've kind of been taking it a little easy in terms of innings, so I guess it doesn't really have to be a binary between the two of them, but – um, certainly right now I trust Hernandez more and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's the way I feel pretty much the rest of the season. Um, not that I would be totally surprised if Ottavino turns it around, but um, just right now it's, he just doesn't look like the guy that he looked like when he was so good with the Rockies and the Yankees. It just doesn't have the same crispness and bite and everything else. Well, when you say, you know, they're going to write it out with Darwin's and this, I mean, this, that's true. It seems like that could be like four years. I mean, it could be. It could be four outings. It could be the rest of his career. I mean, I have, I have no idea what I even think of Darwin's and Hernandez at this point. He is just, I've spent so long trying to figure out what I think about him. I just, I've given up. He just is what he well, is he, at any given moment. It's kind of awesome. He, it's kind of admirable. I wish I could live my life the way that his career seems to go. He has what you need. It's just a matter of putting Throwing it strikes, putting really. It, yeah, exactly. But that's why, and he's young, so I, I feel like he's showing a little bit of growth. And, you know, there's going to be a survivor's bias. And the, the more the more he can get reps now and be helpful to the team, you know, it just reinforces his position going forward. That's why I think it's more likely four years than four outings. But... He could also, you know, you could see him running into uh, 
just an outing where he just absolutely can't throw a strike to save his life too so and he's already had that, a couple of those earlier this year no right but i mean he he's always potentially ready to as met no matter how good he's been he's that's a potential uh stumbling block but at the same time uh i don't know i think these are good options that that's the good part i mean Ottavino hasn't been good but there's reason to think he he might be and these are just uh you know, I feel solid with these guys, Adovino's last uh, outing accepted. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's fair. And I think there's a pretty clear divide in the Red Sox bullpen. It seems like Barnes, Adovino, Hernandez, Whitlock, um, and injuries are kind of the main guys with injuries sort of in a weird limbo. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the deal with him is. Sometimes he's, I don't really know what they think of him. Uh, but he's pitched pretty well. And then you got guys like Salamora, um, Taylor, Bryce, Valdez. They've been okay here and there, but they've also been pretty bad here and there. Um, and they definitely seem like they're on the outside looking in in terms of late innings. So um, I think I agree with you that in terms of the back end of the bullpen, they're mostly fine even with Ottavino kind of uh, his inconsistencies. But I do think they are lacking some depth in the bullpen, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, we're getting to a point where we might see guys like Edward Pizarro and uh, whoever else may be coming in um, after him. So um, I got a name for you. Watch. What's the name for? I him? got a Bobby Pointer. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do he's not still... expect we'll see Bobby Pointer. I don't. Is he even in the organization? He's he's on the Woo Sox, and I meant to say earlier when you said the Worcester we don't Red call Sox. Them... We don't call them. I, I, yeah, I think that was the first time I've ever heard anyone either like outside of their name in the Twitter handle. That is the first time I think I've ever seen anyone. I've ever heard anyone or seen anyone actually say Worcester Red Sox. I truly despise uh, the moniker Woo Sox. It is. It's pretty good. I don't understand why you hate it. It's so bad. I really hate it. It reminds me of that episode of How I Met Your Mother with the Woo Girls. Um, which I don't know. That five people might understand. How can you there, not hear but... someone going, I'm going to see the Woo Sox? It's like, it's great. It's you. I'm, I'm not on board. I'm, I'm, again, I'm totally biased against the entire Worcester uh, Red Sox experience because I feel bad for Pawtucket. I will readily admit that. Their mascot is trash. Um, the mascot is trash. The name Woo Sox sucks. They are they do a polar park and I'm a big polar seltzer guy, so the thing is the Woo Sox name is not like it doesn't matter that they're they would have been called that whether they decided to embrace it or not. So it, to me might as well just grab it. Because it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh, it's definitely gonna happen, but I don't have to be a part of it. I'm I'm definitely sticking my uh foot in the ground here. I'm not I want, I'm not Ask Stephen King if he's doing the same. Just, just stick your head, <laughs> stick your head out the window. I'll let you know. Um, all right, so that is the bullpen. Um, the other big topic with the Red Sox right now is that the bottom of their lineup is awful. Um, so I mean that has been really the story of the last week or so. Um, even there two-game sweep against the Mets. Uh, that was 100% pitching. The offense was terrible that whole series, and the Red Sox just aren't getting anything out of their core. Uh, Pete Abraham tweeted on Tuesday, um, Red Sox 3, 4, 5, 6 hitters have the best OPS in the majors at 917. They're 7, 8, 9 hitters, 521 OPS, worst in the majors. Um, it is just, I mean, Brian's a fantasy guy more than I am. This is the, this is the stars and scrubs approach in an auction draft uh to the extreme in real life i mean they have we talked about franchi cordero a lot last week we don't have to spend a ton of time focusing solely on him but he's been a major part of it um he's got a 13 wrc plus uh hunter renfro's at 54 bobby talbeck's at 61 marwin gonzalez is at 76 christian vasquez who got off to a great start but it's been pretty terrible since then uh, he's at an 80 WRC plus. I mean, it's just a lot of unusable to borderline unusable performances. What is so, uh, Ki- what is Kike? You skipped. Kike. Over so I was going to mention Kike. him too. He's 85. 
and he's technically not part of the bottom of the order, but I mean, after the first at bat, he kind of is because it just wraps around to one, so he might as well be the number nine hitter um, in that sense. And yeah, I mean, he's been. Didn't I say that on a previous but... podcast? I said that on our previous podcast. It's like they. Uh... He was going to be the ninth hitter, and they felt bad. So they're like, "Okay, you hit." Probably, first. but I mean, that's that's horrible managing yeah. because you're giving him that extra yes. bat every day. But uh, uh, you just don't understand baseball. Well, I've been told that many times. There might be some truth to it, um, but yeah. I mean, so I think the main focus, like I said, we talked a little bit about Renfro and Cordero, so you can include them here if you want. I didn't put i said not to in the agenda but i don't know how clear i was about that but i mean also dalbeck gonzalez um kike vasquez who are you most confident in right now just in terms of offense so obviously christian vasquez there's no worries about his defense but um just in terms of offense who are you most confident in turning around for the season uh it it, to me it's a toss-up between hernandez and vasquez and I think I'm tempted to say Vasquez just because I've seen him more, but I think the answer is Hernandez because I think that he's actually, you know, he's fine. And that is about as good as uh, he could be fine to good. Now Vasquez can be great at times, but I don't, he, he's also not been consistently I mean, he's he's obviously his baseline as a hitter has gone way, way up from when he started. But I don't know how high it ultimately is um, on a macro level, Uh, though. I do. I mean, it's like 51, 49. I'll say Hernandez. What do you say? Uh, So I agree that it comes down to those two. Um, My first instinct was Hernandez because he's been better this year, and I think he's looked better this year, too. Um, just watching him, he seemed to hit a lot of balls hard that just haven't fallen in, and typically that stuff evens out. Um, but I think it's Vasquez. I think he's been better um, over the last few years. He's not hitting for any power right now, which I just don't think is going to stay. Um, he's a 114 ISO. He's still making contact. Um, he's not drawing a ton of walks because that's never really been a big part of his game. I feel like he's his approach is still solid. He's still taking pitches on the outside part of the plate and going the other way with it. Um, it doesn't really seem like he's pressing too bad. So I kind of... It's been a rough few weeks for sure, but I just... And I think part of it is, like you said, I've seen him before, so I kind of just have that image in my head that I don't necessarily have for... Kike, so um, that's probably not totally fair analysis, but, you know, we're only human. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's Vasquez. I think he'll, even if he doesn't, like, put himself in MVP conversations like he looks like he could sometimes, um, I think he'll be right around league average with the bat, which is, I think, more than you could say for any of these other names here. Um, I know. I I mean, I like how you and I, we basically just switched places on that one. We're each standing on the other, just on the other side of the line. We're like, yeah, you know, I actually think I want to be on that side. And you're like, oh, me too. Let's switch. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're close enough. Uh, what about what about the other side of the coin? Who are you not confident in? I mean, Franchi. I know yeah, you said I'm not supposed to say Franchi, well, but it's, it's Franchi. No, I mean, that is, uh, that is the obvious answer, and it should be mentioned even though we talked about him a lot this week he just looks totally lost um i don't think he i don't know when the last time he's had a hit is it has been a legitimately long time since he has a hit so i i have a question it for you because the minor league season got delayed uh until today uh when we're recording this which i'm very excited that it's happening um do you think that has for whatever reason, be it legal, logistical, whatever. This idea, do you think it has changed the call-up schedule in that people who were assigned to AAA, because at least the Mariners are doing this with Kalanick, this is obvious. The Red Sox might be doing it with Duran. 
saying, oh, no, no, he needs to play at AAA before he comes up. It's not about honing his skills and getting better over a period of time, which he could, which they could do with the alternate sites. They actually need to play in AAA. And since AAA was delayed, therefore it's been delayed. And until they play a few games and for the Red Sox, until Durant plays, we couldn't even consider bringing him up. Um which dovetails, of course, with service time things, but it it does so more than it needs to. It over, you know, it overshoots it. Uh, I'm just curious if you think that the minor league system being, or the minor league schedule being pushed back, has affected call ups. Yeah, I don't know necessarily for somebody like Duran. Um, I think it. Would, I think it's affected call ups more for um, maybe like a Bizarro who if he had been playing in april maybe he just dominates triple a and but he's up by now um maybe that could be true for duran as well i guess um i don't really think i mean we've talked about duran a few times i don't really think there's anything nefarious going on there i kind of get the feeling that the only reason cordero is still on the roster is really just because of the danny santana um injury and he's uh, he's on a rehab assignment right now. He's starting in Greenville, so I suspect he'll be ready within about a week. And I think that um, he, I think they basically are just determined to give him the first chance. Um, and like we talked about, I think when they call up Duran, they want to call up Duran. Like they want it to be a permanent thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question. I don't really know that it affected it in the way that you're in the way that I think you're saying, at least. Fine, fine. I mean, you've convinced me. You, I mean, no, I think you're right, uh, is what it, I, I could joke around, and I like to sometimes. This time I will not. I think you're right. Cool. Um, but yeah, Cordero, so Cordero has not had a hit since uh, April 19th. Um, entirely possible. He just went a little too hard on 420 and just hasn't been the same. Well, except for he would have had a hit on 420. They, he didn't play on 420. That hit can be used in different contexts. I, I'm, I'm aware of uh, marijuana terms. Are you? Are you? <laughs> well, sometimes. I know. Um, I'm, yes, I, yes. Okay. Okay. Do you have an answer outside of Cordero for least confident? Um, well, it's okay if you I, don't. Only, only one can be least confident. So not well, really. technically, the question was not supposed to include Cordero's. Uh, that's uh, of the other guys. I mean, there's a chance that Dahlbeck is just a fan. Like the can't he whiffs at everything, and Renfro is not exactly exciting. I mean, I don't think there's only so many guys here, and I think that their strengths and weaknesses are pretty apparent. Well, so the thing I'm pretty concerned about Marwin Gonzalez um, offensively. Because I'm not sure what the strength is with Marvin Gonzalez. I know the strength defensively is that he can play everywhere. And to his credit, I thought he has been, or I think he has been um, much better defensively at pretty much all of the spots that he plays than I had anticipated him being. I was kind of expecting him to be below average everywhere and just play everywhere. But I think he's been very good, or at least good um, everywhere he's played. But offensively, I don't know what he does. Um I mean, he walks a bunch, but it doesn't really matter because he's doesn't really hit the ball with a ton of authority. I wrote about him the other day. He's hitting everything into the ground right now, and it's totally taking away any power he could have. Um, I think he probably has a higher floor than the other guys here. Um, Dahlbeck, Renfro, even Cordero. I mean, obviously Cordero, but I don't. I mean, he doesn't have the ceiling that any of these guys have. I, he just seems like he's the best case scenario is that he's a little bit below average instead of being a black hole. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned with him and I'm not really sure how to balance that concern with the offense to what he brings with the versatility. So, um, but here's the thing you are a, like, you are a hundred percent confident that he is going to be what he is. And so what I, he is right I now get... is not good. It's not playable. Well, it is playable. He's because playing, need... but it should it is it shouldn't be playable. I mean, he is. But this is not. But good. this is the fun. This is like the foundational principle of a high Loom team is that uh, 
the guys who play every day will be good enough eventually um, and will save you the roster spots so that the rest of it makes up for it. And he's not like Marwin has not been Franchi. Now that no, would be different. nobody's not Franchi. Right. But I do think there's the difference there. Um, and it doesn't mean he's like a, an amazing long-term solution. I, I mean, he's, he's a body, but you do need them. So I'm not particularly worried about him because as you say, he is so good in the field uh, for someone who moves around so much that I am comfortable with that value. Let's put it that. I know this says offense only, but no, I mean that's fair, and that's I mean that is a part of the consideration. I think part of my I don't know if concerns the right word or consternation with Gonzalez is that he sort of gives them more of an excuse to go with the three man bench, which I just hate. I hate it for this team, and I hate it for just generally speaking. Um, I really think they need another bat in the mix just to throw in and try and play the hot hand. Um, and I mean, sort of to that hot hand, Christian Arroyo hasn't been playing as much as I would think he's been a little banged up. So I guess that's part of it, but he's, I mean, he's only got seven more play appearances than Franchi on the season. Um, and he has been legitimately good. I don't necessarily think it's going to stick around, but I think the way I'm sort of a believer in the hot hand in a way that I don't really know how I became that way, but um, yeah, I guess I guess I wish Christian Arroyo was playing more than Marwin Gonzalez. I guess is my main point. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I think we're getting the reason I don't have a big a big opinion on that is it feels like it's tinkering with the absolute minutia of the actual running of the team and lineups and egos and professionals and whatnot. It's definitely that. Right. So, and, and, and I, it doesn't make you wrong the same way someone who heard you talk about hot hand would be like, tisk, tisk, tisk. Um, doesn't make, doesn't make you wrong responding to that. It's, uh, these to me are just third order problems of, um, value max maximization that I just, I, this is a place where I'm just like, I kind of trust Alex Cora more than I trust myself. Also, it is still a small sample size as you were talking about RE Matt Barnes, um, and the, the reliever of the month award. It still is. It still is. People can have bad months and then bounce back. Uh, so I understand especially with more veteran players and players who were free agent signings, who you went out and signed at this player, um, how someone like Kike and Mar and someone like Marwin are, you know, in, in a case like this where Arroyo has been pretty good are still going to split with Arroyo on a pretty even basis. And I, my point is I see how that happens and it doesn't particularly bother me um, until someone goes full Franchi. And you don't want to go full Franchi. Nobody wants to go full Franchi. Um, all right. So let's take Renfro, Cordero, Dahlbeck, Gonzalez, Hernandez. Um, we won't include Vasquez in this. How many of those guys would you, if any, would you rather see Michael Chavis on ahead of them, on the roster ahead of them? Um, or I guess how. Who are you? You're more confident in Michael Chavis. I cannot figure out how to say this. Um, who are you, you more confident in Michael Chavis versus any of those guys? Zero. I'd rather have all of them than Chavis. Really? Yes. I don't think I agree. I'd definitely rather see Chavis than Cordero right now. Well, but um, I don't think that Chavis is the replace. Uh, okay, so sure. Okay. He's the, well, yes. he's the guy that would come up right now. Right. Theoretically. Yeah. Okay. Already. So sure. Franchi. I'll say Franchi. But my my thinking was that Chavis is not like an actual replacement for Cordero in the way that I'm thinking of lineup assembly. Though I do agree with you they'd be better uh, with him 
hitting than Franchi right now. I don't think that's a question. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I think he would be... Honestly, I think he would be better offensively than Marlon Gonzalez. I don't think that they should make that move, obviously, but I think... I don't know. I'm kind of surprised that Chavis isn't getting the chance over Danny Santana. I don't really understand the Danny Santana thing. Um, I think it's my main issue here, but... Um, yeah, Chavis, he will get his chance at some point. I'm excited to see what he does with the Worcester Red Sox. Whoa! Um, <laughs> oh, God, do they have Ric Flair? They probably have Ric Flair doing commercials. They have to. Well, no, I mean, they would not pay for Ric Flair to do commercials. They might use it in Ric Flair did Cumberland Farms commercials, so I think the, uh, okay. if Cumberland Farms no, can what? afford it, then I think the Worcester Red Sox can afford it. How dare you imply that Cumberland Farms is... Hey, it's, speaking about Cumberland Farms, the the rare um, uh, non-gas station with a location on Martha's Vineyard that is a chain. Cumberland Farms is a gas station. It does not have one on Martha's Vineyard, no. Matt. What I mean is it's not like mobile or something where it's like... It's one of the rare places where there's a, a chain that you might not expect. Okay. Um, whatever. I've gone to like six years. I like, I, I nothing but love to come on phones on this podcast. All right. What about um, Tedeschi's? Tedeschi's. Uh, I have no opinion to Tedeschi. Okay. I've been to them. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about Garrett Richards. So last week, uh, we talked a lot about Garrett Richards. Um, mainly about how bad he's been. Um, and then before, after we talked, but before the episode came out, um, he struck out 10 in seven innings, which I jokingly said he was going to do. Um, so you're welcome to that. Uh, he was not quite as good the next time out, but still very good. Five innings, one run, uh, seven strikeouts, one walk. And it's really the walks that have been most impressive Um his control was all over the place in those first four starts that we had talked about last week. Uh, last two starts, he has one walk between them um, over 12 innings. He just looks like a totally different guy, um, two totally different ends of the spectrum. I think all of us would agree that he will end up somewhere in the middle. Um, he's not going to be a Scion candidate. He's also not probably not going to be the pitching version of Franchi Cordero. Um, but which version is closer to what you expect to see from him the rest of the year? I mean, the answer is obviously the middle. <laughs> so well, you have to pick an end, unless you're saying exactly in the middle, the exact midpoint. Why do I have to pick an end? He was so bad, and now he's so good. That doesn't make any sense. He's not going to be either of them. I well, think... that's the point. It's a spectrum. Okay. Okay. Spectrum I think is. if you're. No, it's not a spectrum if you have to pick one end. A spectrum means... No, I said which, anywhere which end are you closer? Which, close, which version is closer, I said? The good one. Okay. Not by a lot, but the good one. That wasn't too hard. Um, well, I'm not bright, so you had to explain it to me. <laughs> that's, no, I wasn't going to say it. Which, which, um, is also, which is hard, so there you go. I actually think it's closer to what we saw in the beginning of the year. Um which is to say that I think he's going to be a little bit below average most times out. That doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing if the rest of your rotation uh, is up to snuff, which Jerry is still out on that. Um, okay, but, but question. Yeah. he Has he ever been below average on a long... Like, the, the issue with him has never been, except for really the beginning of this year, I don't think being poor is just not being able to pitch so that's why i lean the other way last year he wasn't great he ended up roughly last year exactly doesn't count average. well last year I mean, doesn't count if last year doesn't count and then we're not counting the years he was hurt well then all of a sudden we're in 2015 and i'm still living in massachusetts and it's just like a totally different time that's sort yeah, of yeah maybe why... maybe you say woo socks then but now you're like oh no i can't do it i live in maine <laughs> Stephen yeah, King tells me what to do. <laughs> I have no response to that. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, 
So we were the ones who unlocked this performance. I think we can both agree on this. Um, I mean, I'm going to give you more credit than me. You said we, but uh, you predicted the start. I did predict it, it. So there you go. Um, so, I mean, I think we have to go with Nick Pavetta's line tonight. Um, and we need to will him to six innings with nine strikeouts. I think is I mean, the... it is the Tigers, so it is definitely possible. It is possible. Also, it is also it's Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta. So <laughs> exactly. it's possible it doesn't work out that way. Um, but with Richard, so we had talked last week um, about the possibility of him transitioning to the bullpen. I still think that that's a distinct possibility. I get the sense that you not necessarily don't think it's a possibility, but probably not as probable maybe as I think it is. Um... Or am I putting words in your mouth? What, you think he ends up in the bullpen still? I do. No! No, I do not think that. That's ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. Stop. I don't think it is ridiculous. Um, do you mean eventually, like, in the playoffs? No, I mean the second that half I of can year. see. Why? Workload, for one. Um, guys just has not thrown innings. And I just don't see how he can. Yeah, okay, but if I he stays healthy, and also I don't think he's that good. And I think Tanner Houck will certainly force his way up. Um, they could trade for another starter at the deadline. I think there are ways in which it happens, and I think he is better suited for the bullpen at this point. To be honest, I think what, if he can just who, go fastball, breaking ball, and that's all he has to concentrate on, I think he can be very good. I get that, but I just. If he wasn't a starter and he hadn't just started to turn it around and Nick Pavetta wasn't in the rotation as well, there are a lot of factors that lead me to that I'm sort of I, I don't your logic is not wrong. I just don't think that from what I have inferred by the way the Red Sox have done business, um especially we were just talking about the Set up man, and I said, I thought they had it pretty, you know, pretty decent. Now, yeah, Richards would be great, but um, there are also going to be pitcher injuries, and you're going to need starters. And if he is not one of the guys who gets hurt, which is obviously not a great chance, but if he's not, he's going to be needed to continue to start. So I don't think it's as likely as you do. Well, so I would say that there's three ways that they can, or three starters that they can add um, by the trade deadline with Hauk, Seabold, and uh, we'll call him Max Scherzer. We'll say Max Scherzer is on the Red Sox at the end of the year. But I mean, they can trade for starters, my point, and they have two basically ready prospects waiting the wings. I think there's a way... Obviously, yeah, if they have three injuries in the rotation, then Richards isn't going anywhere. This sort of relies on some health, and maybe I'm just um, too optimistic because they've been think... so lucky with health so far. But I think you're a little optimistic on Seabold, too. Um, why wouldn't no, he, he end he's up? He's up this year. Okay, sure. but why wouldn't he be the one in the bullpen? Uh, well, I mean, part of this is clearly that I'm not all that high on Richards. And okay, that is that's fine. Certainly part of the equation. That's the biggest part of the equation is that I'm not sure Richards is a great starter. Um, maybe Seabold doesn't either. Maybe I'm just well. I don't think he's great too. either, but I don't think he needs to be great to keep his spot. I well, I think he's below bad... average. I guess. Okay, do you think Connor Seabold will be average? I can see do Connor you, uh, Seabold you... being better than Richards. Okay. Yeah. That's fine, but do you see Richards being bad enough that they try this? Yeah. I mean, obviously you do. You, you've made it yeah. clear that you do. I, I do. I mean, I think the biggest hurdle to this would be that Pavetta and Perez need to be good enough to stay. I'm sort of buying into Pavetta against my better judgment, um, and I kind of have a feeling I'm going to crash hard on that. Um, oh, funny, that. I have that feeling too. Yeah, that I'm gonna crash hard on it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really know why I believe in Pavetta. Um, 
his stuff is just so good, but yeah, I mean, the command is trash. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I think I'm probably too low on Richards. Um, I'm definitely way, way out of the consensus here. That typically means that I'm wrong. Um, so hopefully I'm I wrong just, about this one. I just don't think if he's even like mediocre and is healthy and that's you know assuming his health only i just don't understand he would to me he would have to be so bad to be replaced that maybe to start maybe a week ago this time we were talking i could see it happening but if he can just put together two starts in a row like he has the last two times once a month, I think that they're just not going to... I mean, the other ones would have to be a little bit better too. But, I mean, I really think he's somewhere in the middle. And when he ends up somewhere in the middle, that'll be good enough if he can go out there and pitch that they're going to let him do it. Now, the playoffs, that's totally different. And he... If they make the playoffs, if and when... He seems like, unless he's just like blown, blowing everything out of the water and stayed as a starter. But if there's questions about it, that is when I can see it happening. So it's not that I don't see what you're saying. It's just that I have a bigger brain than you. So I have seen <laughs> more permutations. Okay. Well, I can't argue that. Um, last word on this before we move on. Um, we did not mention uh, that Chris Hill is also part of the. That's what I thought you were going to say. The third, I totally forgot Chris Sale was a person who existed. When you said we'll call him Max Scherzer, I was like, "Why? His name is Chris Sale." (laughs) Well, I was thinking about the trade deadline. I just forgot about. I forgot about Chris Sale. So there's that. Big ups to to Max Scherzer for throwing a complete game and then leaving to go see your wife have a baby. I mean, that's just that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Did the baby have the eye thing? Has that been confirmed or not? I don't know if. Yeah, that I genetic. That I don't know how that works. Well, it's obviously genetic, but I think it's. Well, I don't know so, how like how frequently it gets passed. I yeah, I feel like that's an incredibly recessive gene that is not likely to happen again. Probably, I was never good at biology. All right, uh, yeah, let's do some uh, let's do some team awards for the month of April before we uh, before we finish up. So uh, we can probably run through this pretty quickly. Team MVP. Um, so far, uh, I would probably go with JD Martinez because he's so good. Yeah, it has to be JD Martinez. Um, I thought about saying Bogarts just for the sake of saying something different, but, um, I don't really have an actual argument for it being Bogarts. It has, I mean, JD Martinez has just been out of his mind um so that was pretty easy I, honestly i think all of these are most of these are pretty easy um best starting pitcher i say erod it has to be it has to be rodriguez i mean avaldi has been good he kind of had that one blow up rodriguez had a tough start um i believe it was his last time out as well but rodriguez has just seemed like the better pitcher he's walking fewer than one batter per nine inning and he's striking out 10 per nine um the era isn't quite there but i'm not i mean the peripherals are there man evaldi's been pretty good though i guess you could go evaldi i just i feel like it's rodriguez too though that's where that's where i'll go yeah um best reliever is obviously the guy who won the best reliever in the whole league um i'm assuming you don't disagree with that i do not and the biggest surprise for you? I mean, it's got to be Whitlock. It's got to be. It's got to be Whitlock. Like I said, those are all. Those are all pretty easy. Um, but hey, it was a good month for the Red Sox. May has not been so kind. Uh, so far, they are zero two to start the month. Uh, hopefully, things get better. Um, starting with uh, the game that has already happened when you're listening to this. So. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, we will be back with you next week. Um, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, give us a rating. 
interview. Those, I'm told, are helpful. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Brian is at Brian Joiner. Brian with a Y. Joiner with an I. And uh, you can find all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. Uh, so we will be back with you next week. <laughs>